Hey gang, big news in the world of We Hate Movies live appearances in this one. Well, you better get your holiday coat on because it's not happening until December. We're so excited. It's actually a hometown show for this Jersey boy. Only you. Jersey City's beautiful White Eagle Hall will be hosting the We Hate Movies podcast. And we're going to be talking about a Christmas movie, Eric Siska. What is that oh movie? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> it is the Santa Claus, the original film. Not Out of way. Is it original? Yeah, it's original. The first one. Tim Allen <laughs> yes. finds a fat so falls off his roof. Yep. yep, we're gonna be talking all about it on December seventh, which is a day that will live in infamy. <laughs> White Eagle Hall. I mean, it, it incidentally lives in infamy. We, right. We're just we're to yeah. the side of it. We're adding to the infamy. Yeah, it's, just, exactly. it's more infamy because this will be uh, our debut in Jersey City, and this is what it's come down to, folks. Steve Sadak. Refusing to get on planes, mm-hmm. refusing right. to get a driver's license to help right. out with rental cars. I refuse to get on a train for this show. I'm fucking right. walking. Oh I gotta walk to the venue. So I guess this is the new normal, gang. Only wherever Steve's <laughs> legs can carry him. But it's an awesome venue, and it's really close to the train. If you're like you're in the, in the city, or if you want to drive in from Pennsylvania, wherever. Mm-hmm. Right, the path train's not too far. Right, path train's a, a stone's throw away. A here. Stone's throw, folks. Come on out to the White Eagle Hall. That's right. Tickets are on sale now, so get them in advance. Get them fast. This is going to be a popular show. December seventh, White Eagle Hall, Jersey City, New Jersey. Tickets available right now at whmpodcast.com. It's Christmas time again. It's time to be nice to the people you can't stand all tell you i'm already excited to revisit gary Busey's family size bottle of wild turkey and silver bullet by the way i like just uh high velocity wheelchair cars personally that's what actually we've been doing over summer break (laughs) is making oh yeah we're using our summer break to make high velocity wheelchair cars whilst drinking wild turkey Mm -hmm. trying to get out of the city to maine yeah that's where you want to be you know what's a show that i got back into these days BattleBots gang. Oh, you Wait. fucking loser. <laughs> no, I'm a hillbilly. Stop. <laughs> Stop. What? First of all, what the fuck are you talking Dude, about? you don't remember BattleBots? I remember BattleBots, but what, are you watching the old episode? No, it's it's back. I saw that it was back. Where is Not it Not in Pog. Where? <laughs> no, it's on ABC. It's a, of course it is. It's a legitimate broadcast. Wasn't, wasn't it on like Comedy Central? It was. <laughs> it's been upgraded to ABC. And what is going on on this I show? I mean, robots are fighting each other, man. And this is airing on... T- <laughs> wait, the, you said this is airing on ABC. This is on television. This is on television. In prime time. In prime time for adults I to watch. don't believe you. Dude, let me... <laughs> tell you there is no single bigger dumbass hobby than building robots and fighting other robots it fucking sucks it'll it'll um, get me going um, like, um, um, but when skynet attacks don't expect me to save you. <laughs> me and 
Killbot 5000. All those fucking Killbot 5000 builders that definitely uh, own Chappie on Blu-ray. Excuse me. Um, no one else has the patent on Killbot 5000. That's <laughs> exclusive to me. But all of y'all can buy Chappie on Blu-ray, and that's I, definitely Oh, I happening. definitely own Chappie on Blu-ray. My name is <laughs> Paul W. Battlebot. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping that, like, uh, Hugh Jackman shows up at some point. <laughs> he did that Real Steel movie, right? He sure did. Oh, right. I remember not hating it. I oh, really? It. Yeah. Oh, wow. I never saw Chippy. Uh, oh, I, I saw Chappie. Yeah. I am Chappie. Oh, shit. I am Lincoln Chaffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, little uh, joke, Jack, from the Democratic primary. <laughs> there you go, dude. Uh, so yeah, enjoy this uh, very another very old episode. This was a spooktacular episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary Busey, Corey Haim, bad narration. Nobody else. <laughs> yeah, bad werewolf makeup. Uh-huh. Bad uh, podcast. No, 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 no. So that part. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh no 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 no! Is that, is that is that trying to start up your battle bot? Oh no 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 no! So enjoy, Selva Bullet. Piss on the Yankees, piss on the Indians, piss on the Phillies, piss on. Hello, everyone. Welcome to We Hate Movies. Thank you for tuning in. As always, welcome to the first week of Werewolves and Things. No, no, it's just horror month. Spooktacular. Is that what we call this thing? Yeah, the spooktacular is back. Although, we did just say if we had a podcast called Werewolves and Things, it would be officially the least listened to podcast in history. <laughs> We're going to get a lot of like tweets now, like, make that podcast. You Watch. should totally do Werewolves and Things. You know what? They're all obese men with wispy beards. Like, dude, you got to do Werewolves and Things. It's going to be awesome. I just got my new Alan Moore tattoo. <laughs> Guys, in like the fifth week, it's going to be way more and things than werewolves. Uh, so at least for now, the werewolves in question are from Silver Bullet, 1985. It's a Stephen King adaptation that he wrote the screenplay for, which is, I don't know, with King adaptations, him adapting himself, sometimes it works, sometimes it's wretched. Yeah, I mean, so you just get too much, Stephen, because it's like... It's like Stephen King squared at that point. You just yes. get like all of the snappy fucking one-liners. Well, because I feel like when he's adapting a book or a novella of his, or I believe the term for this was novelette, which I thought was bullshit. I don't know what that is. It's even smaller than a novella. Scraps of paper. <laughs> it's just a bunch of napkins that yeah. you have to buy. And They're what? mostly doodles. <laughs> Let's just call it a short story, Stephen King. Yeah, and get, totally. it, get it over with. Uh, but I feel like... When he adapts his own stuff, right, he's almost like, all right, here's the second chance I have to fix all the things I hated about this. Mm -hmm. So it's like him writing something to make it better, yeah, which is sometimes horrible. I mean, I haven't read the novelette of this, which I believe is adapted from something called Cycle of the Werewolf. Probably wouldn't take you very long. It's a novelette. It's cute. It's just a couple of napkins. (laughs) It's written on a tampon. Oh, man. Uh, So this (laughs) flick... Uh, starts off with a good old fashioned decapitation. Yeah, there's this um, this old timer that's probably had a few too many <laughs> that is walking out onto the tracks. To he's like he like works for the railroad and he's like cleaning off this track and I think like switching a track so that he could go on his merry way. Right, and then all of a sudden he gets his head ripped off and flies through the air. Which this is like still during the opening credits, and then I'm like. 
Oh, yeah. Here we go. Hardcore werewolf action. Mm -hmm. It's also the actor from Major League that plays the manager who Mm -hmm. sounds like if you put rocks and Tabasco sauce in a dishwasher (laughs) and let it go, that's what you would get. That's the voice. I don't know how he... It's like, no, no, I don't know. (laughs) It's like he swallowed a cigarette voice box thing or whatever. (laughs) A werewolf. Oh, no. It's just like impossible voice yeah it's it's really gravelly and you know almost unlistenable like you can't really understand what that guy's saying you just get the gist (laughs) i don't know where he's going with this (laughs) it's a werewolf i also thought he kind of looked like jack palance's stunt devil rory palance uh, this takes place in 1976 for no reason it it uses a really stupid framing device of yes it, okay, essentially, here we are. We're recording this in the year 2012. Spoiler. <laughs> and <laughs> apparently this movie takes place, I would imagine, after, like, by the time we're, you know, way in the future because... Oh, you're saying of, where the narration takes yeah, place. Yeah, exactly. Where... But, like, so it's all... So, and essentially, this movie takes place in the future because it's a story being told to us by... The sister to Corey Haim in the movie, right. as an older woman, remembering when she was 15, way you, back in the year 1976. You know, that's a good call. I hadn't put that together, but she does really have an old Catherine Hepburn yeah, I thought she was going to talk about the fucking Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> it's really terrible. But, uh, yeah, you know... Just set it in 1985, you know, when the movie's going to come out. 84, 85, that's totally fine. There's a whole lot of things from the mid-80s that are just left in this movie anachronistically, so why not? It's like setting a movie now in 2007. It's like, who gives a shit? Why bother? (laughs) And it's like, it's it's hard to do like a a period piece of a recent time well. I think like yep. the only one I can think of is the Big Lebowski, which was like ninety six, but it was takes place in like ninety two or one. Right, right, right. There, uh, there was another one. I just I, you, ah, I had it. There's another thing that took. Uh, it came out recently. Ah, oh, this is gonna kill me now. The Fighter? No, that was more. Re- was that more recent? That, that uh, was uh, the Social Network, maybe. I think yeah, maybe the Social Network is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's very like early two thousand. But that's like two thousand. You're doing right. like 2002 and 2010. Mm-hmm. There's a significant difference, and I mean, it's you're, you're tracking a social change anyway, so it makes right. sense as opposed to a werewolf in a sleepy main town. <laughs> yeah, and exactly, exactly. And like Facebook, man, changed everything. <laughs> it Facebook post, changed the three. way we talk about werewolves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It just revolutionized werewolf chatter on the internet. It's true. You'll see this episode posted on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, there, I would love like a, a bar graph of like, not a bar graph, but like a timeline of like the history of talking about werewolves, like werewolf shirts, wolf shirts in like 1989. Like that's a big star. Like when those you things mean to- those wolves overlooking the moon and yeah, there's like yeah. a Native American dream catcher thing that you bought at those really shitty stores at the mall that also sold swords and pipes and <laughs> mm-hmm. all that shit. Yeah, a Lord of the Rings store, we like to call those. <laughs> Shire Mart. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a St- Stephen King movie, so it takes place in Maine. Of course. Clearly. Uh, even though, like, Eric, you tell me this is, this takes place in... It was shot in North Carolina. And there's so much Southern accents up and down this movie, where you think you're like, oh, and it's never really expressly said in Maine, so you're like, oh, it must be 
somewhere well, in the south. That's this part of the history of Maine. You might not know this, but in 1976, all these Southerners went up. <laughs> To Maine to live. It was like it was sort of like a reverse trail of tears. And, I, and ironically, they were actually escaping a werewolf epidemic at the time. The, the werewolves were actually uh, destroying all of the tobacco plantations that they had. So they had to escape north to Maine. Out of the frying pan into the fire. That's where that's where that expression comes from. So this. Oh, no, the werewolves followed us. Leave our crops alone. Forget the trail of tears, it's the trail of lycanthropy. Uh, so this guy gets decapitated, and the narration specifically says something about, like, well, the town deemed it an accident. And I'm like, did anyone do an autopsy on this guy? Because his head is clearly ripped off by a werewolf. <laughs> Those claw marks were just made by the train. <laughs> oh, it seems like the train wheel got really jagged at the end now. Oh, looks like he fell and hit his neck on a blueberry patch pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, because that is a theory that the that he had like just drunkenly fall, fell on asleep on the tracks and the train just ran over his head. But, okay, but so then even that, or, though, yeah. have you seen a train run over anything? Like, that's not what it's going to... No clean cut yeah, like that. it flattens those pennies. <laughs> Martha, you hear about that train attack in the apartment building? It's terrible. Man lost his head. Must have been a train. <laughs> These trains are breaking into our houses and decapitating us. Slicing up our backs real good, they are. I, mean, I want to see a bunch of Mainers leading a campaign to dismantle all trains. <laughs> and then it keeps happening. And then there's like, a oh, Spectre locomotive did it. <laughs> Wasn't O.J. Simpson? Was was the Union Pacific? <laughs> Good God! Yeah, we'll uh, see if that gets cut. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Shit. Uh, so we're introduced to Corey Haim, uh, who plays a handicapped boy with a rocket motorcycle wheelchair called the Silver Bullet, which is the worst thing ever. And it's like it's he's the brother of the the narrator, like we said. And it starts off with like it's Pride Day in all sleepy Maine town, and the sheriff's given some big speech about you know, here comes summer or whatever the hell <laughs> <laughs> the the annual here comes summer parade. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Calendar fest. <laughs> and uh, time's passing again. <laughs> And so it's just the first thing we're interested. I think Eric, you mentioned this when we were just chatting about it before we uh, went on the air here. But if this woman is telling this story about the 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 week the werewolf attacked or whatever, why is she including this part where her brother's friend like kind of torches her to the point of tears? And that's what's great. It's that's like it's like I'll tell you about the decapitation, but then uh, I'm going to tell you this one time where I got severely humiliated in public. <laughs> I'm going to talk about that for a while. Like this kid dangles a snake in front of her face and she falls in a mud puddle and is like visibly upset. And then the kid's like, did you wet your pants? Because there's a big puddle there. It's really weird and gross because like this, why? I mean, I can understand like antagonizing your sister, but you shouldn't get an outside party to get involved in it because that guy's going to take it too far. And also, creep, stop looking at my sister's legs or whatever. But, but he's got um, use of his legs. So maybe uh, he I could... See. He needs like some. He needs like an assistant to help him. Prank. <laughs> a, a, a prank assistant. Yeah. 
But even still, like, and this guy's like kind of doing, like, he's doing her like physical harm and laughing about it, right? She like scrapes her knee up and everything. Like, who's picking on the sister? Like, why are you, like, the friend's like 12 years old or something. Like, why are you picking on a girl physically like that? Like, that's really messed up. Yeah. And just laughing about it. I'm glad this kid gets killed later. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but yeah, he gets murdered. But yeah, so like, the funny thing is the, the twisted family dynamic is like, and it's, it's a really interesting thing that goes absolutely nowhere. Yeah. It's like, the mother just favors Corey Haim because he's handicapped like nobody's business. And like, he treats her like shit. And then like, they're in the car and like, she's covered in mud, her knees cut up to shit. And her, her mom's like, just let it go, sweetie. He said he was sorry. Like, no yeah. punishment whatsoever. This kid's ruling the roost. And it's not like this accident or, you know, however he became handicapped just happened yesterday. Like, yeah. I can see you have that grace period of, mm. you know, whatever you need. Yeah, of course. But at the same time, like, she, later in the movie, she's yelling at Gary Busey. You know, he's got to learn to be himself and, you know, not give up. You can't baby him and be a bad influence around him. Like, where is that mentality in the car when she's like, you know what, daughter of mine? Yeah. Why don't you stop shitting around and crying about your bleeding knee and your destroyed clothing? <laughs> At least you can walk, all right? Like, God. By the way, tossing the C word around a lot, just crip, crip, crippling all over the place to Corey Hames' face. Like, you're just a cripple. Stop being such a cripple. Up on Cripple Creek. You're like, come <laughs> on. Nice. The band reference. But, mm-hmm. um, do you think that Stephen King set this movie in nineteen set the book in this movie in nineteen seventy six so, so you that could you could say, use cripple yeah. all you want? Possibly a big old cripple free for all. Well, the 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 way we were referred to uh, it, to people who are paralyzed in this country changes so much. Like that's one of those ones that changes like every six years. I have to get on an email chain. Like mm-hmm. I really I need I think those updates. We should be saying handy capable of this entire time. I believe. I think I, handy. I, I, Really, I think handicapped is out. I think really? we're done. What is the wrong with capped? <laughs> it's quicker. It's been capped. <laughs> they put a cap on handicapped. <laughs> it does. I mean, I. I but get I'm it. glad we put cripple to bed. To, to, to just to, that we're done <laughs> saying cripple. I'm not bummed out about cripple. Like right. cripple, I was always uncomfortable <laughs> with in the first place. But really, handicapped. It's not a handy capable parking space. <laughs> And you know what? I mean, it's, it's As you fun. see, we're, we're on to the and things portion. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Werewolves did not last long. It would have made a really bad idea for a podcast. Some guy's looking at his Alan Moore tattoo. He's like, I know they're not talking about werewolves. Right, Alan? Talk to me, forearm Alan Moore. <laughs> Dance for me, forearm Alan Moore. So in comes Gary Busey, thank God. One of the things that's like a trend in this movie, I guess not a trend, but it it happens twice. Just when I'm at the point of going, isn't Gary Busey in this movie? Mm. He just teeths his way onto the set. (laughs) Thank God. He's a ray of sunshine with this cast, let me tell you. He is a loose cannon in this movie, like even more so than he usually is. But he's also playing like a father figure. He's not, he's a loose cannon in the sense that you can see him as an actor being really crazy about stuff, mm-hmm. but 
as far as the character goes, he's not a scumbag. Like he's kind of a drunk and a you know yeah, deadbeat a little he bit. Chugs but that's fine. wild turkey. <laughs> yeah, he's constantly drinking wild turkey out of the bottle. But he's not like a real. Like I thought there was going to be a turn in this movie where Gary Busey's like punching Corey Haim in the face. <laughs> yeah, but he's actually like really sweet to him and nurturing and trying to help him with the disability. And he's pretty good with the girl too. He's, he's, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. a good uncle. The weird thing is about that wild turkey is like. He's got the $25 bottle of wild turkey, which is not a personal serving size bottle. That's, no. that's the party pack. It he, is the party pack. And you'll notice he doesn't take that outside, which means, you know, he's probably spending a lot of his time in the house drinking, alone drinking, hotel room drinking, <laughs> or let's face it, motel room drinking. <laughs> he dropped that hoe right out of there. Uh there's so there's one part uh, before we get to Gary Busey. I mean, I guess we got to him, but there's something that happens beforehand at the uh, at the calendar day festival of whatever they're doing in the town. Oh, square yeah, at the beginning of this movie after this poor girl is humiliated. She sort of runs off into the bushes and there's another humiliation going on on the other side of the bushes where this woman's like, hey, I'm pregnant. And this guy's like, bullshit, not my kids. See you later. He's got that great line. What was it? It was like, oh, he goes, uh, let's see here. He says, because this is really horrible. It's it's your oven, but it ain't my bun in there. Yikes. <laughs> like, come on, buddy. It's just, we're just treated to this little like slice of life. And, it's a little slice of life. Along. And what's funny is, I you know, I was rewatching the movie at work. So I kind of, you know, super wasn't paying attention. And I was like, is this woman a character? Am I supposed to care yeah. about this person? Because it's just out of nowhere. And the the daughter's like crying, watching her. And then that's the end of it. And you're like, where's this going? Oh, it goes someplace. Yeah, cut to that night. She's got all these red pills laid out. And she's like, well, they say suicide's a sin, but I'm going to burn in hell tonight. She starts like chugging all these pills yeah it's like uh you know if you commit suicide you go to hell especially if you're pregnant oh yeah it's like double double hell yeah, double 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 suicide well suicide murder, then murder you're, suicide, you're burning for two then <laughs> <laughs> so she starts to like kill herself and she's looking at a picture of this guy who told her off in the town square like this is all for you damien <laughs> And the fucking werewolf jumps through the wind, like climbs up a lattice, by the yeah. way. What a nice little werewolf POV. <laughs> <laughs> jumps through this window and murders this woman. It's really violent and really fucked up. Side note, mm -hmm. suicide, you go to hell. Killed by a werewolf, go right to heaven, question mark. Now, well, you got that baby in you, so you're going to go back down to hell, but it's not going to be as bad as the suicide. Well, you one think would it's be. a thing where, like, you go to hell first, and then there's like a couple of lines you gotta wait on to sort of explain what's going the on. Bureaucracy. Yeah, you oh. know, you fill up a little hell paperwork, and they're like, "All right, well, we'll get you up there." You, you know, gotta, you gotta yeah, remember I, to itemize all your sins. I just, <laughs> I really feel like once you get killed by a supernatural being, God's like, "Well, I owe you one." I kind of stacked the oh, deck right. against you, you know, like because God, God created all those boogeymen. Exactly, as we learned a few weeks ago, God created all of those creatures. So it's just like you know, ah, you didn't really have a chance. It's my werewolf, my bad. Get to heaven, like yeah, exactly. That's I know you sinned a bunch. Did my dog get out again? <laughs> yeah. Ah. 
shit. I'm sorry. I'll pay the damages. Go right to heaven. It's totally fine. However, if you're like uh, Bella in those Twilight movies where you're like, come on, I want to be a vampire, yeah. you're going to hell. Yes. You're so going to hell. You know, that's if you're asking for trouble, mm-hmm. if you're running with a vampiric crowd, <laughs> it's your own fault. Here's a, here's a question, though. Let's so. Did she get all those pills down her throat first? Probably had, I, she I think probably she, had enough. I mean, she, she, she only had like three or four. I mean, that's um, the yeah. I guess it's a real now, question. Do you, think, do you think like God would view like the intent? Like, well, if that werewolf never had gotten to you, you still would have died from suicide. So one time, uh, I was doing Catholic confession, and the priest asked me if I had killed anyone or had thoughts of killing someone. As part of, like, the yeah. combined thou shalt not kill sin. So I guess in that regard, like, you're doing it just because yeah. it didn't kick in yet. You know what right, I mean? Yeah. You're still you're still up Shit's Creek. Wait, I'm up Shit's Creek for fantasizing about killing people? <laughs> <laughs> well, only, a por- only according to the hoodoo, voodoo Catholics who just believe it. <laughs> I, say that, I say that as where, a Catholic. Where can I get that baptism undone? Exactly. <laughs> All right, so so werewolves and things. Uh, so Gary Busey blows into town. One of the is it the first scene we have with him? This card game. Oh which yeah, is the funniest. You know what? Here, this, this is what you're treated to in this card game. And there's a guy sitting in the bar. The bartender says, "Hey, Jackass, give me a drink." So the bartender pours him a drink. He drinks it. Sits there for a while. Says, "Hey, Jackass, pour me another drink." So he pours another drink. The guy gets up and leaves. The guy that's sitting there says, "Hey, why do you let him call you Jackass all the time?" Bartender says, oh, he, oh, he, oh, he always called me that. It's <laughs> good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you might as well fold because you don't stand a Chinaman's chance. Yeah. Uh, see ya. And I'll raise you this. You can't bet managers. You can't bet managers. Okay, okay. We said time uh, and time again you can't bet managers. I'll bet you're a Yankee. Piss on the Yankees, piss on the Indians, piss on the Phillies, piss on the Phillies, piss on the Whoa, man. Let him finish the game. That's crazy. I mean, that's just crazy, right? That's crazy Gary Busey improv. <laughs> to ex- yes, but to explain what was happening there, I believe right, they yeah. were betting. They were, u- they were playing like a poker game, but they were using like baseball cards as poker chips in a way. Like they were betting player cards. And- Correct. And this is also where the mother comes in and she like she puts Corey Haim to bed and then she gets up in Gary Busey's face. And this is where she's like, you can't be drinking around him. All this stuff could easily cause him to like start getting down about his disability, all that kind of stuff. And to Gary Busey's credit, it just takes one time. All it is one time he gets straightened out. There's no like follow up. Like I told you to stop drinking in front of this kid. Well, to be fair, that's also poor screenwriting because there, you would you would want to see that gradual thing of like him putting the bottle away or something. Just no. well, there is the one scene where they're oh, at yeah. the church and he pulls the flask out hilariously, <laughs> and then he looks at Corey Haim like ah shit and puts it back in his coat pocket at that child's funeral. I believe <laughs> yeah, is yeah. where he gets the change of heart at the last second, <laughs> not to chug whiskey there. Uh, damn Democrats can't do anything anymore. <laughs> but can't drink in church. <laughs> God, how terrible is that? Can't drink at church. Thanks a lot, no Obama. <laughs> uh, so after this woman is murdered, 
there's a lot of like town drunks in this movie and yeah. they all meet at the bar and the, you know, there's a big theme of like vigilante justice that goes throughout this entire movie and so they're they're all pissed off that this woman's been killed uh the guy at the train tracks i guess they're now starting to think that that's not an accident yeah and sort of like lumping that in like there's a maniac on the loose which again if you look at a werewolf attack just once, there's no way it's a human being. What are you talking about? Like, it's obviously... Now, I know... I it... still see say these trains are out of control. We gotta stop. Stop Grand Union. I mean, it's quite... Stop that supermarket dead in its tracks. <laughs> it's quite obvious. And I know from the outset, when you find yourself in a situation where you're like... God, there might be a monster on the loose. Mm -hmm. Like, in the real world, that's got to be hard to swallow. But when the evidence is so clearly stacked towards a werewolf, yep. you got to just let it happen. You've got, I mean, it's got to be so obvious, right? Because it, you've got the claw marks. There's got to be werewolf. He's shedding all over the place. Mm -hmm. Though, you know, and like, it's you look at bite marks, like big old canine teeth. Yeah, any kind of criminologist can look at this and just be like, well, this is either the work of a gigantic dog or more than likely a werewolf. There's not even, like, that's a scene you need, right? Yes. Where someone's like, this is the work of a huge animal. Not once is an animal ever suspected. Not it's a maniac up until everybody sees the werewolf. Because not once is there a doctor. Not not even just a coroner. There's no doctors at all, I don't think, in this movie that, that have ever inspected anybody's or helped in the investigation. I don't think there's any detective work in either, really. Yeah, you need the person from Jaws. You need yeah. Richard Dreyfus yes. to be like, this wasn't a boating accident. Like, yeah. there's a fucking shark somewhere. Figure it out. And I mean, like, Terry O'Quinn from Lost is in this as the sheriff, the much put upon sheriff. That is like, you want to talk about being 10 steps behind the case. I don't even think he starts walking with this case <laughs> because they're like, what's great is there's a there's a town like blowhard mm. and he really hates the sheriff. And I'm imagining this like side story where this guy ran against Terry O'Quinn for sheriff and lost in like a really heated race. And he just fucking hates that he's wearing that sheriff's badge his, around. His big platform was drinking in church. <laughs> <laughs> he lost by like 10 percent of the vote or something. You can't even drink in church anymore. I'll bring it back. A vote for me is a vote for whiskey back in church, <laughs> where it belongs. What, you, you think all those fryer tucks were making alcohol for nothing? The Catholics can have the red wine. <laughs> we need we need our bourbon back. <laughs> I'm a bourbon Baptist through and through. <laughs> that wine might be the blood of Christ, but we're the party of Christ. <laughs> so this guy's like, listen... The sheriff's doing nothing, and to a degree, he's correct. But it's a little—it's a little bit jumping the gun. But seriously, Terry O'Quinn as the sheriff—you never see him investigating anything. It's just like him at the office, like, "Wow, this is a really tough job." <laughs> but he's never investigating a thing. A child, or Gary Busey, told by a child, has to go tell this guy, "Like, oh, I think it might be a werewolf." <laughs> <laughs> might sound really silly, but it might be a werewolf. <laughs> But the funny about this bar scene and all yes. the subsequent bar scenes mm -hmm. and all of the fucking posse scenes that we have, they should all be preceded with this wispy narration of being like, well, I think this was going on at the yes. other part of town, but I couldn't possibly know because I was in bed by nine. Exactly. I was a 13-year-old <laughs> girl when this part took place, so how, how could you possibly... like? 
this woman is bullshitting like 75% of this movie. Yeah. Because the little girl is not a main character. I can understand if the the story is narrated by Corey Haim's character. Yeah. And he's like, let me tell you about this one time when I was a kid and I had a motorized wheelchair <laughs> that was a one-quarter motorcycle. Yeah, sure you did, Grandpa. <laughs> I feel like a lot of this movie is that because it's just like it's this older lady telling this story that you're just like, OK, so this is probably all made up. Right. There probably wasn't a werewolf. It was probably a normal main killer train like we know. <laughs> I would love it if the end of this movie, like the the little, you know, like last scene is someone being like, that's great, grandma. And it's this woman in a home and she just turns like. Who are you? <laughs> and they just like wheel her off to get her meds and she's in like a crazy home or something. But And that's what's so annoying about this movie. And the major thing that's annoying about this movie is that it would not do anything to drop that narration. Yep. You don't need it at all. No. And then guess what? The movie kind of makes sense now. The movie makes total sense. I mean... It still looks a lot like it was made in the mid '80s. So again, just <laughs> just set it in 1985, and that's we're talking like a lot of Stephen King stuff is that nostalgia, like stories from my childhood. But also, I think Reagan destroyed the werewolves. Right? Wasn't that part of his '84 election? <laughs> Destroying werewolves? <laughs> I think that was a platform. I mean, I, that's the only reason I could see setting in 1976. I mean. <laughs> You don't even talk about going to see Taxi Driver in the theater, and it's 76. No, I mean, there's nothing, none of the music, nothing indicates. And it's even more weird. Like, you see the kids in their pajamas and stuff. They look like they're dressed in, like, a, like the Christmas story garb. You know what I mean? Like, really old. It looks, it's all, the production designer should have been talked to. Well, yeah, and I mean, Gary Busey plays the alcoholic uncle that looks like the perennial alcoholic uncle that you could see outside right now. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's really an evergreen wardrobe. It is. It's sort of like a Hawaiian shirt, some shorts, it a looks, bottle of wild turkey. I mean, he honestly looks like he just wore his clothes to the set, mm -hmm. you yeah. know? And they're like, well, it's only like nine years, Gary. I guess that's okay. No, it's not okay. Give Gary Busey, like, feathered hair. Make him look like he's in friggin' 1976. And it, speaking of the outfits that he wears, he does have this one awesome T-shirt where it's a, a <laughs> shark playing a saxophone. If anyone hasn't gotten me a Christmas gift yet, just you could mail that to, to Astoria, Queens. I'll get it. I mean... I really would like to know what that T-shirt's from. It's probably some, again, it's probably a T-shirt that Gary Busey owned. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I got this at a roadhouse in Idaho. And you're <laughs> like, all right, I guess you can wear this. <laughs> Best ostrich burgers in all of Me Mexico, I'll tell you that much. This episode's brought to you in part by Rocket Money, and they have this question for you. They handed to me just now, Mr. Rocket just handed me this. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they pay around $80 a month on subscription services, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And with Rocket Money, you can lower those bills without resorting to having bean dinners every day of the week. You know, you have those bean dinners 
to try to save some few bucks, but if you were monitoring your spending with Rocket Money, you didn't necessarily need to eat every bean dinner. So find out what all the fuss is about. You know, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like the Stars app. Don't get me started. You don't have to go through all the back end of the website anymore. You don't have to call customer service. Rocket Money helps you manage all your finances in one place as well and categorizes everything. It's easy to keep track of a whole budget. Even I can do it and I got rocks in my head. So find out what 3 million people have already done. They've taken the rocket, folks. Stop throwing the money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash WHM. That is rocketmoney.com slash WHM. Once more, rocketmoney.com slash WHM, which stands for We Hate Movies. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, my 20s, while being a lot of fun, a lot of the time, were pretty rough. I wasn't exactly rolling in dough. I lived at home until I was about 25, and for most of it, I didn't have this show or you lovely people in my life. I just kind of drifted around without direction and didn't know where to voice that. Then I started to get my crap together one piece at a time, and the last piece, which didn't come until my early 30s, was therapy. And man, I wish it came along sooner. Ever since I started sitting down as a licensed therapist, I've had a place to voice my insecurities and try to fashion plans to help me achieve my goals. So that's why I'm thrilled we're sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to meet your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and the good thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WHM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash WHM. So the Corey Hames character, uh, he's got like a little bit of a lady friend. He, yeah, yeah, this is the, this is this the is great, great part of the movie. So, uh, you know, he's, he's uh, wheeling her home one day. Oh, no, he's well, racing no. her home. He yeah. This kid is really going for it. He's racing her? Yeah, well, he's, got his, he's got his motorized car. She's got her bike. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. And they're just going they're home. They're both wheeling it up. Yeah, they're, they're both wheeling it up. And they, they're, they're, getting, they're getting on home. And the father comes out. This girl's father comes out. And it's kind of like Jenny's abusive father in Forrest Gump. <laughs> like, stop hanging out with that retard. Yeah. Like that, you know, that's kind of what we're dealing with. Although it's just crip, crip, crippling all over the place. Like, this father <laughs> is upset that his daughter is talking to a boy in a wheelchair. What are we doing here? Damn cripple always end up on welfare. Electrocute them all. To electrocute them all so we can balance the darn budget? Yeah, thank you. What are we talking? Like, this is some misinformation. (laughs) Uh, This guy should not be anywhere near a voting booth, okay? (laughs) I mean, holy shit. Damn, crippled. Always end up on welfare. I'll electrocute them all. Balance a goddamn budget. I mean, you know how much it costs to electrocute one person? That's a really expensive proposition. What is the expense 
uh, like work out to be. Is it all that electric, Bill? Are you just like running up the meter? I guess. I mean, I mean, in the summertime, my air conditioning bill. Well, forget about it. I couldn't imagine hooking up like fifty fifty handicapped people to that. <laughs> Just ask Texas. <laughs> Talking about executing yeah. handicap. Dude, they'll people. fry fucking anything. Oh, we'll absolutely. fry fish. We'll fry, <laughs> we'll fry anything. We'll fry uh, underage kids. Yeah. Get a salmon in that chair. Get a salmon in the chair right now. We're going to fry that salmon. And guess what? This steak, I'm going to chicken fry that. <laughs> anything goes down there. There's no law. Chicken fried short buzz. That's how we work in Texas. <laughs> So this guy, yeah, this guy's you know pissed off. He's like, "Come in and help your mother with the laundry." I'm in Maine, I guess. Like yeah, this guy's a real problem with this Maine <laughs> setting. It's such a confusing accent to be in the middle of Maine. It's just why. Okay, I get it. You're in North Carolina, and it's cheaper to just hire local talent. Keyword being talent, everybody. <laughs> like, if this guy comes in and you're like, all right, you're playing a uh, surly Mainer who is upset that uh, his daughter's socializing with a disabled person. All right, well, how's this? Does this sound good? Is this authentic enough for you? Well, we were more going for a Maine accent. No, it ain't that. You don't, you don't need none of that. <laughs> you need none of that. <laughs> you get off my porch now. <laughs> So clearly, like you do in most horror movies, this guy is the human garbage sacrifice. They always have it. It's just some guy who comes out and is horrifically offensive, and you're like, well, that guy's going to get it in, the, in not three minutes. And then you're like, oh, well, you know, that werewolf's not all bad. <laughs> yeah, those, these, pe- <laughs> these kinds of sacrifices really redeem the murderer. You're yeah. Like, well, but I want to talk a little bit about of that night he gets killed. It's yes. pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So he's just like cracking some beers and he's walking around his house like he's the king of it because he is. And he <laughs> jumps onto like his chair, cracking this beer, drinking it, watching this wrestling match. And he's like so into it. And he starts yelling at the TV screen. Yeah. Kicking at some ass. Kick oh, some yeah. ass. Oh, yeah. This is one of those people. <laughs> the old wrestling is real people. And I I get like it's 1976 so like professional wrestling hasn't come clean yet i guess <laughs> but this guy it's like he's watching like a boxing match yeah. or a football or game a thunderdome like, he's really into what's going on he's giving the wrestler tips yeah. yelling at the tv what was crazy though was and i know it's not but at first i'm looking at this guy and he's chugging all these beers and i'm looking at the bottle and i'm like is that guy drinking Red Stripe? Because yeah, I have a it. feeling that guy would have a problem with drinking Jamaican beer, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I think he would have a problem. It's probably a similar bottle formation. It's it's uh, it's double bad if it's a handicapped Jamaican that's bottling the beer for him. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That... So uh, this guy, he's watching the wrestling, and he starts hearing a rustling coming from his greenhouse. By the way, this guy's got a greenhouse? And like... he's really proud of it. That's what's really messed <laughs> Cause, up. Because it's made, and he's just like, <laughs> he's just all into like this uh, uh, horticulture. horticulture. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so he's like, he hears a rustling out in the greenhouse. So, of course, out with the shotgun he goes. And it's a lot of like, oh, he's getting into my pots. Oh, you're out there with my pots, are you? I'm going to get you. Legitimate main character. Better not touch my fucking kale. <laughs> and that Swiss char ain't free. And so it, it, this scene takes forever. He yeah. wanders this greenhouse for like seven minutes, only to have the werewolf burst up from the floor <laughs> and drag him down. And he gets 
this guy isn't even technically killed by the werewolf. He's impaled on a like floorboard, yeah. and that's the end of it. All these scenes, I kind of want all of them to end by cutting to the girl again and be like, ooh, that's a juicy story. And she walks away. It's like <laughs> she re- she just somehow happens to be there. A little notepad. <laughs> yeah. She's like, mm-hmm, floorboard impaling. Perfect. <laughs> Thank it's you. It's almost like, okay, she's not Corey Ham, so you're like, is she the werewolf? Yeah. Because she's <laughs> that's the only know all this know. Honestly, big werewolf suspect for me in this movie was Gary Busey. Oh, yeah. He's the biggest name. I mean, I guess for the time, it's like split with him and Corey Haim as the stars of this movie. Although Gary Busey is top build. Mm. And the whole time I'm like, all right, well, you know, he's here some of the movie. He vanishes mysteriously at yeah. other times. Right. And then the, the thought starts to hit you. Am I going to see Gary Busey turn into a werewolf in this movie? Because that's kind of like your dying dream, right? <laughs> you just want to see him go from a horse to a werewolf. <laughs> well, now we're at the posse. Like, right now, th- now three people are dead. At this well, yeah, because the kid is dead. Oh, yeah, the, the kid's about to get killed. They're, they're, right. Do they? Oh, they from the. Yeah, yeah. because they're, they're like, uh, they're, they're all uh, Lawrence Tierney's in this movie, by the way. How? Barely. Barely in this movie. He's got a yeah. bat that that's labeled. I the... tulip from Maine. Yeah, <laughs> I've owned this bar my whole life. Lawrence Tierney. <laughs> it just you know he's just been he's just there and like the, his bar is the werewolf bar. Everybody meets up at kind of like American Werewolf in London, and Explain. We're, we're talking about a werewolf movie, yeah. and you just used a, a, a personal term that we coined. We call it werewolf bars whenever you're in a bar where everybody's a regular. There's a lot of wood paneling around. The mm-hmm. second you walk in, they're looking at you. There's a lot of Schaefer's all around. A lot of Schaefer, yeah. old bastard towny type of bar. Yeah, there's an old trophy from some long forgotten sporting event. A worn out projector TV with the wooden base all around it. Mm-hmm. A lot of old photographs that no one knows of whom. <laughs> yeah. There's 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 two types of music on the jukebox, country and western. <laughs> That's, 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 that's your, a werewolf bar. That's your standard werewolf bar. So that's what Lawrence Tierney owns and operates. It's damn proud of. And everybody's there, like the whole town. And, you know, the, the, the blowhard's calling the guy, the sheriff, a fat piece of shit, or the, sh- the deputy a fat piece of shit. And they're like, we, 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 you know, we're forming a posse. We all got our guns out. We're going to go find this maniac because it clearly couldn't be a werewolf. Not Okay. You don't even have to get supernatural. You're in Maine. Maybe there's like a wolf or something. Yeah. Like a a. a Honest to goodness, wolf is in the town. Bigfoot, or or Bigfoot. At least we forget. <laughs> At least we forget Bigfoot. Some sort always of, a possibility. A zombie, coyote, any of these things <laughs> yeah. are possible. So continue. But so like they're all like we got to do this, and like Terry O'Quinn's like no, 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 that would yield results. You can't go out <laughs> and start randomly looking around for something that might be killing all of our town. That's what we call private justice. He doesn't call it vigilante justice, which is really weird. He specifically calls it private justice. And then out of nowhere, this blonde guy, this blonde bald guy comes out, who's the worst actor I've ever seen in anything. Listen to this line delivery. My son was torn to pieces. Pieces. My son was torn to pieces. You come in here and talk to these men about private justice. 
Why don't you go out to Harmony Hill, Sheriff Heller, and dig up what's left of my boy Brady and explain to him about private justice? Would you want to do that? Okay, I'm picturing like the casting call for Silver Bullet. And they open the door, they're like, okay, now casting for Mr. Anderson. And there's that guy and like a dog. (laughs) And he's like, the dog's with me. (laughs) He he must have been the only person that auditioned for this role because why on earth is this person in pictures? I would love to see a dog just come out and be like, you know, woof, woof, my. And do the whole the whole scene about like the kid, his his son being dead, dude. If you made a movie where a dog just played a person and nobody thought it was fucked up, and even if the dog just came into the room and it was like ADR and it just they, they just put a voice of a human over it, <laughs> and it was just like the the I would love to see a dog versus werewolf movie. They they already did that. not a dog versus werewolf, but a dog just interacting with humans without any problems. They called it Wishbone. Wishbone would go into yes. any, like, he would have, like, love interests, and, and they're like, oh, because like, he, he whoa, always whoa. played the lead. Wishbone would get tail? <laughs> he would get, in, I mean, when they, not in the, the, the framing device of Wishbone. Yeah. In where Wishbone was, like, hanging out with kids. In the story, Right, when they would do, like, Hound of the Baskervilles or Romeo and Juliet or he whatever. He would be Romeo. Yes, he, yeah, exactly. He would I, play Romeo. I did not really watch Wishbone. Let me ask you this now. Is he laying pipe with humans or dogs there? I don't think they did any stories where stuff got sexual. Uh, but it was It was PBS. <laughs> it was PBS. I mean, but if... But it was humans. They, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There weren't oh, any other and dog was, actors. And, and the government paid for this. <laughs> PBS. On day one, I'm going to end the war in Afghanistan, repeal Obamacare, and cancel PBS. <laughs> What I like to call perverts broadcasting system, all right? Because they don't care. You can marry a dog. A dog could be your Romeo, your your Sherlock Holmes, or what have you. (laughs) I also don't have a problem believing that I descended from aliens. (laughs) And that B is for bestiality in PBS. (laughs) And, And... and another thing, we don't need to be watching the BBC program. We we fought a war against those people. America has American TV, and the British have British TV. I will never watch Luther ever, and that's a promise. <laughs> Woo! I will not integrate the networks. What's next? Sitcoms from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Remember when everyone got all bent out of shape about that Muslim uh, reality show? Everybody was upset. Oh, American Muslim. Yeah, and they then, were... uh, what was it, Lowe's? Lowe's did a thing where they advertised, and then everybody was like, boo! <laughs> yeah. And Lowe's was like, I'm sorry! And then the other half of the country was like, boo, Lowe's! And then Home Depot was like, we love everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's always the best move. When, like, when Chick-fil-A is really acting like shit, it's time for... KFC to be like, you know what? We love gay people. Come and eat our chicken. Dude, and you I look like a watching, hero. Watching those like other competitors fucking flourish. Mm. I went and bought five gallons of paint at Home Depot for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, file that also under in things. <laughs> yeah, that's a big in things. Oh man, so so werewolves are everywhere. The town's upset. 
Oh, the, yeah, this guy also, I just want to hear it really quick. His reaction to his son's death. Uh, 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 like, that's acting? Seriously? This guy is straight up community theater. <laughs> what are we talking about? And yeah, so the whole thing you see, this is really weird. When it's discovered that this kid is murdered, like he's he's friends with Corey Haim, he's hanging out, they're flying kites together. And Corey Haim's sister is like, you know, it's dinner time, we gotta go in. And so this kid's left, and Corey Haim gets a, a very prophetic one last look at his friend just flying <laughs> this kite. And of course, it's a kite with a smiley face on it, by the way, big old yellow smiley face. Cut to Terry O'Quinn dragging this blood-soaked smiley face flag saying the lord's prayer to himself like <laughs> why are you disturbing this crime scene like that how about some professionalism ha- have a nice day <laughs> shit happens sometimes <laughs> just some composure if you please like i understand like I've never seen a kid mauled by a werewolf. I'm sure it would Yet. fuck me up. Yes. But <laughs> if you are the, you're the sheriff, man, you gotta, you're the one that's trying to crack this case. Yeah, exactly. You can't, like, you're already on thin ice with this town, by the way. Like, this fat guy at the bar, Andy, like, he's gonna beat you come election season. Mm-hmm. Like, this whole werewolf scare, it's just got you down in the polls. You know what I mean? <laughs> And he's just dragging this kite. He's throwing it on the bench. He's and crying. Then the father comes up, you know, and he's doing the old Sean Penn. Is that my daughter in there? You know, is that my son? Yeah. And Terry O'Quinn does nothing to stop this. He's like, well, I just, I don't think you should. Oh, okay. He totally George Rick flies up on this guy. <laughs> and then the guy goes over, sees his shredded lettuce son, and then gives that terrible delivery of that line. And then now the posse's in full. So the yeah. posse's like, "Oh my god, you know this kid. You know this kid's dead. Things are really bad here. Let's get yeah. a posse going. All right, we've had we've had a, a woman killed in her house. We've get, had a man killed at his home. A uh, hobo killed in the train tracks, and a kid a hobo? and a kid killed in a zebo. All right, what's the pattern? Let's go to the woods, and they just go to the haunted woods. John, these are haunted woods. They're pretty haunted. It's dry ice like nobody's business. And honestly, (laughs) if a werewolf is roaming the woods, that's a haunted woods. It's not haunted by a ghost, but there's a specter of some kind. The world of paranormal, a a member of the monster party. I love that, like, the the dry ice and the fog, like, signifies that it's, like, this haunted woods. I would love, like, a main, like, weather report. It's like, now we've got a haunting moving in through here. (laughs) Through through these woods. Oh, we got a class five haunting coming in. Better stay in this weekend. Close your windows. You don't want any ghosts getting in now. El Nino's driving up all these hauntings and all these ghosts <laughs> up out of the out of the woodwork. So they're like, all right, Terry Qu- Terry O'Quinn, you had your chance. You and your fat sidekick are just the worst. We never should have elected you. A vote for you is a vote for werewolf success. <laughs> We're gonna take this upon ourselves. But I mean, yeah, you're right, Steve. They have they have no evidence. There's nothing tying anything together other than the fact that everyone's been murdered. Yeah. Like, oh, all right, what do we have here? Well, he was murdered. Well, so was she. So was he. Okay, it's a string of murders. There's no, like, we suspect this person. No. And they're all murdered in town, like yeah. you said. And we're going to go out in these woods. These assholes just wander out into the night, all carrying guns, by the way. One of them just steps into, like, a bear trap. 
And it's just like, oh, oh stepped in my werewolf trap, did you? <laughs> you're go, you're by bringing these people out to the to the haunted woods. You're causing more damage. Yep. Than not. And Stepped it's... in my train trap. That's there to catch one of them trains <laughs> that's beheading everybody. And now you have the scene from the Lost World Jurassic Park where all the troops go out into that field and the raptors start fucking everything up. Like, yeah. that's what's happening here. They walk out into this fog. The werewolf has werewolf vision, so that fog ain't no thing. Yeah. And he just starts getting everybody. Of course, by the way, movie trope, the black guy's the first to go. That's horrible. <laughs> and they all kind of watch like, ah, at least <laughs> it was him. It's really kind of offensive white New England for a second. Yeah. And then uh, Lawrence Tierney is the only asshole that brings a baseball bat. And he's like, I don't care. I'll get it with me baseball bat. And it says peacemaker on it so you mm-hmm. remember carved like, right into it yeah yeah because it, it, that's fine for a rummy at your bar but we're talking about a werewolf <laughs> and there's a rummy in those woods <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's someone who paid his tab i think lawrence tierney plays the only new englander ever to use the expression use before <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Use werewolves need to get out of my bar. And, of course, he gets... But the funny thing, he he gets murdered, and the were Like, it's a really crummy, like, uh, Beanie and Cecil gag, because <laughs> <laughs> the camera pans up, and you just see this hand, Lord Cerny's hand, hitting the werewolf. And then the werewolf takes it and starts hitting him. <laughs> this is... And I've seen a lot of different werewolf movies, you know, throughout the ages, you know, from all decades, all decades of cinema werewolf movies. Not once has there ever been a werewolf who's like, time to use a weapon because I know what that's like. Like, the whole thing about werewolf lore is you completely lose sight of any kind of, you know, human thought process. And you're just a monster. You're a beast. It's it's kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde. It's another yeah. personality that takes over. Yeah. Right. You don't under... Like, first of all, you got fucking claws. What are you doing <laughs> with a baseball bat? But even still... You would not comprehend, like, here's a bat. I can beat Lawrence Tierney with well, it. Well, I killed him. Got enough time to get in some golf. <laughs> <laughs> Werewolf golf. <laughs> they cock the whole thing up, and everybody runs out. But now they also sort of realize that the town is kind of on blast. Like, there's a monster around yep. here. But they also kind of don't do too much about it. They, one character we haven't touched on, by the way, and we probably should, it's pretty important, is the Reverend. Played, who's con- played yes. by Everett McGill from Twin Peaks. So the, the, the <laughs> Reverend is the one person who's sort of keeping this all together. Like, all right, my flock, you know, it's not a monster. It's probably just God testing us. Because that's the age-old excuse for shit's horrible on this planet. <laughs> And he has this weird vision at this point, like a dream, I guess it was. Oh, yeah, right. He he wakes up. You should him wake up where he sees his entire congregation turn from human into werewolf. Right. Kind of a a real ripoff of American Werewolf in London, which is Mm -hmm. like all those dream sequences where everyone keeps turning into werewolves. Totally. The werewolf Gestapo shows up, which is amazing. Yeah, that's great. But yeah. (laughs) But the underlying theme here is that all those people in that congregation are sheep. Ah, turning wolves into into sheep's clothing, right? And we see this guy's dream, and like we've seen very little of this reverend, and I'm I'm already like, 
So he's got to be the werewolf, right? Yeah, like why else is he dreaming about these werewolves? And then I used my Professor X dream machine and saw that the <laughs> Reverend had a nightmare about werewolves. No, he didn't. There's no way you could know that, little girl. I mean, this is the most confusing framing device yeah. since, if you recall, we did a side order of sleaze ages ago on a movie called Night of the Demon. And that's one of the most, like, error-filled framing devices of all time. This is kind of up there. Like, yeah, there's no way she knows what this guy's dreaming about. <laughs> and there's at no point in this guy's remainder of his life where he tells her, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, by the way, if you're telling this to your grandkids later on, I totally had this werewolf dream. <laughs> like, it's never spoken about, this, this, ever. This 15-year-old incepted him or something. <laughs> Or, or like she's just like, well, I imagine he would have had maybe a spooky dream. Because, <laughs> you know, pepper up the story a bit, get everyone really excited. <laughs> Gather around. Throw in a red herring or two. Okay, so now I just told you about that. Now I'm going to tell you about a man named Gary Busey building a motorcycle. <laughs> because that's where the movie goes. It just goes away from this whole thing. So what's great is now it's like a, uh, it's like July. Like this movie kind of skips around time-wise. Mm. It's July and... It's chasing the moon. What's great is it's kind of like, again, it's kind of like Jaws. They're like, okay, you know, in Jaws, we're closing the beaches. You know, in this movie, it's... The fair is canceled. Like, the state fair is canceled. It's, they may as well have a big old sign out front that says, No fireworks at the state fair due to werewolf outbreak. <laughs> so, like, black silhouette of a, of a wolf howling <laughs> at the moon, like, with an X through it. Like, nope, no, no fireworks today. And so Corey Haim's all bummed out and stuff, but they're having, like, a good old-fashioned American barbecue at their house. And Gary Busey... Is he's been like hyping up this surprise that he has for Corey Haim. And this is a really awkward part too. So Corey Haim comes up and Gary Busey's like, You're having a good time at the barbecue? <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, I guess so. My and this is it's not verbatim, but he basically goes like, Yeah, it's pretty fun, except my sister's just walking around flashing her tits everywhere. <laughs> and you're just like, now hang on a second. <laughs> Don't say it like you that. You don't get to say that word about your sister. Yeah, that's it's really gross. weird. You can quote your sister saying that word, yeah. but you can't say that. I mean, but like everyone's calling me a cripple. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess he's got a little bit of leverage. <laughs> so what does she remember? And then Corey Haim went to Gary Busey talking <laughs> about my tits again. I, I, I imagine he was talking about my very nice tits at the time. Because who wouldn't be? I mean, I'll show you a picture later. <laughs> so you know Gary Busey's like you know I got a I got a big old surprise for you and like <laughs> Corey Haim's like oh that's great fireworks are canceled my sister's sexually mature everything sucks now close your eyes and close your mouth <laughs> shut shut your mouth <laughs> stop talking about those things like if you're also if you're the uncle like I I, I I'm, I'm I'm an uncle now and if my my nephew came up to me and started talking about his sister. Like, I'm not one to, to, to curb language, no. but I'd be like, you don't talk about your sister that way, kid. No, so, it's very straightforward. Don't talk about your sister yeah. that Maybe way. Maybe you That's get all. away with that on PBS. <laughs> but <laughs> On Wishbone. Yeah. Not in this house. I accept that kind of language coming from dirt like Wishbone, but not out of my nephew's mouth. That's why I strapped him to the roof of the car. <laughs> Teach that cripple lesson. <laughs> so he's like, all right, I got a big surprise for you. And like, he's already been warned, like, this kid's delicate. He's, 
I mean, like, I, I kind of, so he, he, he gives this kid, he already has a gas powered wheelchair, which is kind of like, it's kind of like a, a wheelchair with a golf cart motor in it. Yeah. And he builds him a motorcycle wheelchair with like spokes and like, you know, ribbons. Flames painted on it. Like, <laughs> it's like the souped up silver yeah, bullet. It's, it's the nicest rascal scooter and you're going to see. Could, <laughs> this thing could do like 50. And I, I mean, like, you know, Gary Busey, this kid can get more paralyzed, right? Yeah. The, you know, there's quadriplegics also. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, this thing, I think you need a license to drive. Oh, yeah. oh, See, Yes. No, but seriously, like you would need <laughs> you would need plates on this thing. Yeah, he's just yeah. taking it down the road, and it's like passing cars. Like this is a really. He, I mean, he built him a motorcycle. Yeah, and he's and, like, here, just take it for a spin. Stay he, close to the house. He takes it up to the pet cemetery and back. <laughs> <laughs> and Gary Busey's like, don't worry, nothing ever bad could ever happen to you on a motorcycle. <laughs> oh wait, oh that didn't happen yet. Talk to me in four years. <laughs> So he drives this thing around, and it's totally fine. And again, this is another. This is why I thought Gary Busey was a werewolf, <laughs> because they finish up this barbecue, and he's like, "All right, there's a great pork chops. Oh yeah, I hope you like a motorcycle. See you later." <laughs> and he's just he's gone for like thirty five minutes. And this kid, like the, I think this is the saddest thing somebody can do. Like, there's masturbating while crying, which is just about the saddest thing you can do. It's pretty up there. The second one is shooting fireworks for yourself by yourself. Because what is the most fun part about fireworks? Look at that one. Hey, did you see that one? <laughs> You're just talking to nothing. You know who doesn't care about fireworks? Chipmunks and owls and twigs <laughs> and werewolves. <laughs> well, that werewolf better f- fucking like those fireworks. This is the best part of the movie. So he- Corey like, oh, you know, the fireworks are canceled. Gary Busey, because he's a terrible uncle, is like, here, don't shoot your face off. <laughs> and runs away. <laughs> it's, a, it's a sack of fireworks, by the way. And he's like, what, did, did he like, did Gary Busey like cripple this kid? And he's trying to finish the job. <laughs> here's a motorcycle. Here's a bunch of fireworks. Here's some gunpowder. Why don't you play with these matches? I'm secretly trying to kill you. <laughs> Piss on the fire safety. Piss on the motorcycle safety. <laughs> Piss well, on my nephew. <laughs> What's great is the best line he has is like, save this one for last. It's a rocket. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, why are you buying these things for this child? I mean, I'm just imagining, like, he doesn't have the, the, the brakes on that thing, and he fires it off and shoots backwards like a Looney Tunes. Save this for last. It's Mexican dynamite. (laughs) See you later. Here's a, here's a real good one. You just hold that in your, your arm, and it's just this big stick of TNT. So to to you use this, Corey Haim rides out in a souped up uh, wheelchair to a rickety bridge, <laughs> which is exactly where you want to be lighting off explosives. A tattered bridge. <laughs> Take this up to the bridge. <laughs> you want to be a real man, right? And so he's firing it off. <laughs> and the werewolf, I guess, was just bored. And he's like, oh, shit, that looks like fun. So he goes <laughs> and, he, you know, he. It's, he's like encroaching on the bridge, and like Corey Haim's like, "Oh my god, it's a werewolf! Holy shit!" And the little girl's nowhere to be found, so we shouldn't know any of this information. Nope. Just so you're aware. And he's like, "Oh my god!" And like you know, he's got the rocket, and he fires the rocket right into the werewolf's eye. Like what luck, Corey Haim? That is some aiming right there. That's that's precision. And this thing is freaking out. This werewolf, by the way, Steve, you said it looks like the mascot for the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> it does. It's such a cartoony. <laughs> 
it's really like rounded features, which is very weird. And like, it looks like a bear. Like yeah, the does. head looks like a bear. Yes. But it's a werewolf, I guess. I mean, I said bear. Ol- it's a <laughs> werebear. Hi like, there. I'm a werebear. That was the very violent Care Bear. <laughs> Care Bear kills. <laughs> and I mean, so he, he outruns it. He guns it home and the werewolf can't keep up. Because he can't beat Gary Busey's craftsmanship, I guess. (laughs) Well, you know what a werewolf can't do? Run 65 miles an hour. He's booking it down the road in this thing. (laughs) And he gets home instead of telling his parents, he calls Gary Busey in the middle of the night. (laughs) And I love this because we get a shot of... we, we, We open on where Gary Busey's sleeping with an ashtray full of butts and a giant bottle of wild turkey of course and then he, he picks up the phone he's obviously really hung over and Corey Haim's like hey uncle Gary Busey I just saw a werewolf and he's like <sighs> do your poor uncle a kindness hang up the fucking phone <laughs> and so he's, he hangs up the phone on the kid and then like he sits up in bed and there's just this woman there and she's like who was that and he's like <sighs> and then you see like that woman's got an empty bottle of gin like it was a hard night oh yeah gary Busey left this wholesome family barbecue yeah. and got Oh, uh. <laughs> see, that's the thing. It's like, okay, so Gary Busey's not a werewolf because he was just sleep. He was always leaving early because he was sleeping with this lady. <laughs> it's also kind of like this is where you see Scatman Crothers in his off time in the shine. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you gotta come back. You gotta help me, Gary Busey. He gets the phone call. Did my motorcycle kill you yet? <laughs> well, keep trying. Talk to you later. Click. I thought you were the corner office. <laughs> hey, you calling me from the grave? <laughs> So this is where Corey Haim's like, all right, I saw this werewolf. It is the real deal. And his sister finally enters the story because she's been gone this entire time. Yeah. And she's like, okay. And then I went to, and the movie fucking stops dead because she goes around collecting te- uh, cans w- un- under the guise to look and see who has two eyes in the town. And it's hilarious because it's really poorly directed and every shot is like, Two eyeballs? He's got two eyeballs. It's almost like these actors were directed uh, to, 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 when the camera gets to them, they got to flash both of their big baby blues because these actors are like, boom, and these eyeballs are just opening. And I'm like, I get it. You have both of your <laughs> eyeballs. Enough already. No werewolf here. <laughs> Plenty of cans, though, round back. <laughs> And so she's going around collecting all these cans. She goes into a barber shop, and the uh, the surly drunk guy is like opening his pores with a hot towel. And she's like, you know, she slowly unravels the towel, which is kind of weird. I'd be like, what are you doing, kid? Get your paws off me! Trying to exfoliate here for crying out loud. And she gets back to the church, which is doing the can drive, and lo and behold. There's our reverend, eye gauze and all. Whoa, it was him the whole time. <laughs> I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for you kids and that Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> you got any Scooby snacks? <laughs> <laughs> They're just feeding Gary Busey dog treats. Or, well, I think that, you know. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. he calls that, that's what a speedball is, <laughs> a Scooby snack. <laughs> I can't do the movie. I'm not allowed of Scooby snacks. <laughs> well, uh. What's I guess it's better than rock climbing, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Rock climbing. 
So it's kind of creepy too when the Reverend's like confronting her, because like, like I think to a degree he knows the score because he knows that you know Corey Haim's her younger brother yeah. and he knows that you know because because in this movie it's a person turns into a werewolf and they're completely aware of what they're doing. Yeah, they're evil all the time. Because the Reverend later on mentions like I had to kill the pregnant woman because she was going to kill herself and that's a sin. So I prevented her from going to hell. So like this werewolf, unlike every werewolf in the history of werewolves has an agenda. Well, I mean, that's the thing is I understand a werewolf is a trope and like it's it's a monster that everybody knows kind of the rules are of but since you're introducing it to a different world, you got to tell me what those rules are. Why aren't people turning into werewolves when he scratches them? That's something I know werewolves to be able to do. Yeah, you get that bite, baby. Yeah, and then you're a werewolf. Nobody else is a werewolf. And at this point, one of my favorite things happens in the film. And it's just, I just, I just laughed when I saw this. Because Corey Haim writes a rant, like a, like a ransom oh note God, type of thing <laughs> to yeah. the reverend. And it's basically just saying, why don't you kill yourself? <laughs> he tries to bully this werewolf to suicide. It's just because it's like his, the note is very pointedly. I know what you are. I know what you've done. Why don't you just kill yourself? And then like the sister's like, he started sending letters like that every day. <laughs> like kept on asking that big old wolf, that werebear to kill itself. <laughs> so here we are in this tense horror movie and there's just a really action-packed letter-writing campaign happening. <laughs> and this goes on for a while and he's doing like the the ransom note thing like clipping letters out of a magazine and pasting it together to make words. Why? Well, why are we wasting our time with this? And I mean, the two kids are going the only person that'll believe him is Gary Busey, obviously. Well, and even yeah. he won't believe him. He's like, "This that's a bunch of bullshit werewolves. And, like, nobody's, you know, there's, there's like, 20 minutes of the movie wasted on, like, trying to convince Gary Busey to get on board. Right. He finally does because the priest, who's evil all the time, <laughs> is tries to run uh, Corey Haim off the road with his, it's like a real fucking tense car chase. It's a- it's a real Popeye Doyle car chase. They're going down this old main country road, and he's trying to, like, hit him. And they're, like, kind of bumping here and there. And they get to a covered bridge, and Corey Haim's... This is where, like, the fantasy breaks down, and he realizes, oh, I don't have a wheelchair. Or I don't have a motorcycle. Yeah. I have a wheelchair. Because it gets kind of stuck on this one little board that any normal motorcycle or car could easily drive over. And the priest just gets out of his car, and he's like, you know... Uh, I'm sorry I have to do this, but obviously you're going to tell everybody, you know, and he's like, Corey Haim's like, I promise I won't tell a soul. And he sees like a farmer pulling out on the road with a tractor and starts screaming for this guy to help him, scares off the werewolf, buys Corey Haim a little bit of time. And this is where Gary Busey starts to believe him because he's like, listen, he tried to run me off the road and you see... The matching paint color of the Reverend's car is on the motorcycle. And this is Busey goes to the sheriff, tells the sheriff to check it out. And, and the sheriff decides to go there. Oh, uh, you know, I'm going to wait for a full moon, maybe t- <laughs> maybe 2 a.m. Yeah. What were you doing? What was your day so jam-packed you couldn't stop by this guy's house at 3 p.m.? He's in a, re- a fierce re-election campaign at that point. <laughs> That's the side story we're not seeing. That blowhard Andy's really coming back up in the polls. The, the, the sheriff is too busy pressing buttons to, to get this to happen. <laughs> so this is probably the most gruesome death in the movie, but it's also 
the most ridiculous because he walks in and he, you know, Terry O'Quinn goes over. He's like, okay, yeah, the paint matches up. There's something fishy going on here. And then there's the Reverend comes out of nowhere. And it's one of those like, I had to do it. And he like, he's got Lawrence Tierney's bat again. He's just holding on to this as like a keepsake from that murder. <laughs> as, as good evidence. And he bashes this guy like the fucking Gallagher watermelon smasher. Only after he turns back into a werewolf. Like he's turning <laughs> into a werewolf. I mean, he's like readying the bat as a human, but then he's like turning into a werewolf to finally use it. I got this bat, and as soon as I turn into a werewolf, you're in trouble, buddy. <laughs> One thing, uh, because this is towards... So then the sheriff's dead. It's like, oh, my God, it's totally a werewolf and no one's going to help us. Let's make a silver bullet together. So the kids give <laughs> they both happen to have silver necklaces. Convenient. And they go to Gary Buse like, make this into a silver bullet. He's like, well, I might know one man in town that could do that. And it's just some <laughs> fucking it's some like general store gun shop guy. And he's like, would you be able to melt this down and make it into a silver bullet? He's like, oh, silver bullet. eh?" And then the narration comes in. To the craziest bullshit in the world. She calls him like a magician. You're trying to kill that train, eh? <laughs> Only one thing that'll kill a train is a silver bullet. You want a silver bullet, eh? Huh? The man Uncle Red had gone to see was more than a gunsmith. He was, Uncle Red said, an old world craftsman. A sort of wizard of weapons. What's great, though, is that Gary Busey feels embarrassed about yeah. what he's doing. He's he like, should. ah, I got these necklaces. And he just kind of gives it to this guy. And the, he, Gary Busey is not the first one to make the move towards Silver Bullet. The guy's looking at it and he's like, ah, Silver Bullet, eh? <laughs> yeah. Gary Busey's like, how did you know? And yeah, it's this whole bullshit about like, yeah, he's this he's this werewolf weapons expert or so, like this guy forged weapons for the gods. Like it's really over. It's Abraham Van Helsing. <laughs> <laughs> and like he goes back and he's like, oh, this should be pretty accurate. And he's like, oh, well, I'm not going to give it to a little girl. She's so not going to shoot it. He's like, well, you could probably shoot a big old werewolf with this one. <laughs> Just saying, you know. I at that point, if I'm Gary Busey, I'm like, all right, listen, man, you've made a couple of references that leads me to believe you know a lot about werewolf hunting. Yeah. We kind of have this problem in town. You want to step up to the plate, please? <laughs> Not leaving my handicapped 10-year-old nephew to handle this. I mean, this guy is basically applying for a job to be a werewolf slayer. <laughs> yeah, right? He just lets it go. Thanks for your services. <laughs> yeah, the guy all but says, I hung up those spurs a long time ago. Sure would take a real murder epidemic to get me back in the game. <laughs> Wink. Thanks for nothing, loser. See you later. <laughs> Here's five bucks. Hey, you got any silver horse teeth? <laughs> do you all sell wild turkey here? <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, I do. Filled with wolf's bane, it is. <laughs> so conveniently, it's Halloween now. Because yeah. we're just flying through the calendar in this movie. Yeah, we're like 10 months later at this point. <laughs> and Gary Busey apparently won some type of like, like vacation getaway for two. And he gives it to... You know, his sister's family or whatever, like, so that the parents will get out 
of him and the kids' hair while they hunt vamp uh, not vampire I mean, while they hunt werewolves that night. Which is weird. Like if someone came up to me and was like, Hey man, I won this vacation, I can't use it, but I'll watch your kids. <laughs> Even if this is my brother, I'm like, what are you guys up to? You don't just get a free vacation. What what's great is they take it and then when they leave, Gary Busey's like, there ain't no vacation. <laughs> That's really fucked up. And it's to New York, by the way. They're driving like six hours. They're going to get to the hotel. It's going to be like, there's no reservation for you at the Plaza Hotel. Well, off to the Bronx with you. <laughs> <laughs> they get murdered. Yes. So Gary Busey's alone with these kids, and they're just setting up shop to hunt this werewolf. And I guess at this point, they sort of realize, all right, the Reverend knows that, you know, we know he's a werewolf. So at the next full moon, he's coming for us. Yeah. It's doomsday. Here we go. And we have our one silver bullet already. Yeah, totally. Why don't you stockpile some silver, then go back to that mythical gunsmith and have him get you at least, you know, to fill a six-shooter. Or a Gatling gun. That's a lot of silver if you're filling a Gatling gun with silver bullets. Well, apparently Busey's got all sorts of vacation money he could just blow wherever he wants. <laughs> I mean, that's the other possibility for that, right? Is Gary Busey just booked a hotel in their name? He's like, yeah, I want it. It's free. Go. Also, though, he's like, oh, I can't go because it's a trip for two and I just got divorced. Yeah, Tina just left me or whatever the fuck. That's a great part early on. The uh, the sister's busting his balls for it's like it's his third divorce or something. Yeah. Whatever, Gary Busey. <laughs> no one can chain Uncle Red. So, you know, of course, the werewolf comes and it's a you know, and this is what's really bad about these kind of setups for these movies. Right. Is we're like, all right, well, obviously the werewolf is going to come at some point. And the whole time you're just sitting there like, all right, don't try to build up suspense. I know the werewolf is coming. There's no doubt in my mind yeah. that at some point a werewolf is knocking on that door. Uh, the, the, this movie is completely devoid of suspense the entire time. Like, Absolutely. Every single time it's, it switches to the werewolf theme, I know the werewolf is going. It's like Peter and the wolf. I know, what, I know what's <laughs> happening by what instrument is being played. But what's awesome is this movie's made in the mid-'80s, so when the werewolf comes a-calling... The score turns into, like, that weird electro score from Drive. It's like when you know the werewolf's coming, it's like, bow, 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 And you're like, all right, man, this really awesome new wave werewolf's coming to town. That would be a great movie title, New Wave Werewolf. It's basically the last days of disco meets a werewolf movie. Shove those together. Uh, one great part that happens here is when that werewolf's about to come, Gary Busey is giving up. It's like two in the right. morning, and he's telling he he tells Corey Haim to get to bed or he's going to kick his ass. Well, because you know what works better at getting kids to bed than threatening them. And he's just like, "All right, I I'm so convinced this werewolf ain't coming. I'm taking the bullet out the chamber." And he does. <laughs> it's like that makes a great deal of sense. And just then the werewolf pops in. And I mean, also about lack of suspense we know for a fact the girl survives because she's been prattling on this entire movie mm. she put it honestly she might as well just die and then didn't have narration afterwards because it doesn't make any fucking sense anyway. you're not gonna kill Corey Haim. i would love you to in this movie <laughs> but i know you're not going to and chances are Busey's making it out of this one so it's like 
obviously this is just kind of it's a foregone conclusion but the bummer of the situation is is like movie math wise if anyone's gonna die in this movie before obviously the werewolf gets killed it's it's gary i could totally see like a self-sacrifice type of yes and that's what i thought was coming that's the only kind of suspense only because i love gary Busey so much i never want to see him die on screen (laughs) and i was like oh man this werewolf's gonna kill him the werewolf shows up grabs Gary Busey because he's now defenseless with the, with the silver bullet out of the chamber, grabs him, throws him into a cabinet like an armoire. It's, yeah. it's hilarious. Looking. And the werewolf's practically defenseless because he forgot his trusty Louisville slugger, I guess. <laughs> what am I supposed to use? I mean, hands down, the best part of this movie is here because Gary Busey gets into a hand-to-hand <laughs> combat fight with this werewolf. He's kind of hitting him with a fireplace, but, like, they are fighting each other. Mm-hmm. If that fat guy from earlier in the movie wasn't dead, he'd be <laughs> cheering him on. Yeah, get choke slam him, choke slam him, get him, werewolf. <laughs> that would have been great if he was, like, his apparition, like Obi-Wan Kenobi was cheering him on. <laughs> like, he blew in from the haunted woods. And, I mean, it's just kind of a big thing where the two kids have to now load this gun, and it takes forever, and Corey Haim gets one, the one shot off, and it fucking blows right through the other eye. This kid is a dead shot. Yeah, I mean, he should really take up, like, Paralympic, you know, skeet shooting or something, because he'd be really successful. Two eye shots in, like, a week? <laughs> Good job, buddy. So the werewolf turns back into, you know, the reverend, which is the only good part of the werewolf technology, I think, as far as the effects go. When he morphs back into a human, it's not great, but, like, you know, you see him turning back into Everett McGill. It's it's pretty okay. It's pretty believable. It's no, you know, American werewolf in in London, but still. And they're all, like, out of breath, like, oh, my God. And, of course, it's, like, it's the most egregious use of this, the one last scare. Yes. Because, like, He's shot through the brain. Like, he's done for. And he goes, and then dies again. It's like, like, instantly dead. It's not even a thing where they fire off another round. Yes. Or Gary Busey, like, hits him with something. Cuts his head off, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it, sure, you want to do that. A nice old-fashioned decapitation. How about you bookend your movie with the same murder? You know what I'm saying? Like, something like that. Think about this when you're making a movie. Maybe <laughs> some fucking brain power goes into this shit. But no, he just sits up, goes, and then falls back down, and that's the end of it. I would love the parents to come back. We decided we didn't, we didn't want to go. Why, why is the priest dead? <laughs> why, <laughs> why is there a dead priest bleeding out of his skull in my that living room? That is what you never get with these movies, the explanation of, like, what, what happened here? Why is there a dead naked priest in our <laughs> living room with no eyes? And then since we were too young, Uncle Red got the chair. <laughs> Well, that's the end of our movie. I visit his grave every year. He would have just drank himself to death anyway, so (laughs) it's good that he took the bullet for us. The silver bullet. And then (laughs) the the logo comes up and it ends. Silver bullet. I would also love the epilogue being Corey Haynes' character grew up to produce a line of these silver bullet wheelchairs, like stealing Gary Busey's design, and Gary Busey gets no money for it. He's, Gary Busey's in the clink, and he goes to visit him and just jabs him with the knowledge of it. We don't uh, give him any of the royalty money because my brother screwed him out of the deal. It really <laughs> tore the family apart, it did. More so than that werewolf attack did. Oh, well. 
And that's seriously the end of the movie. The ridiculous part is it ends on this stupid voiceover, and it's the brother and sister. They're on the floor. They're all exasperated. And the woman's talking, and she's like, I love you too, Marty. Good night. Good night? <laughs> Why are you ending this with good night? Who, like, who are you talking to? Is this a bedtime story? If I so, I mean, that's pretty twisted. They just cut to Fred Savage. Good night, Grandma. <laughs> and just goes to sleep. I guess. I would love if this old lady just turned out to be Peter Falk. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think of my old lady voice? <laughs> Gary Busey doesn't die at this point. Just want to let you know that. <laughs> I was the werewolf what got shot in the eye. <laughs> Good one, Columbo. <laughs> Uh, and that's Silver Bullet. That's the end of the movie. It freeze frames and she goes, good night. And then they credits roll. That's, it's the dumbest ending to a werewolf. I think it may be the dumbest ending to a werewolf movie ever. Yeah, just about. Because a lot of werewolf movies, you know, you get the twist of like someone turns around and they've got the yellow eyes. Yeah. Freeze frame on the yellow eyes. The werewolf saga continues. But since in this world, the werewolf bite means nothing. Lycanthropy is not a thing. It's never even explained how this priest is a fucking werewolf. Exactly. Just one scene of him, like, you know, just getting bit by something. Yeah, like him going to, uh, like, a missionary school or something in the Czech Republic. Or... <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And he just got the Kavorka curse or something. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs> they got that, all that nonsense. No, over exactly. There. Like, you know, we've seen it in Stephen King literature before. A good old Roman Gypsy curse. You know, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Man, I rewatched Thinner. It, it's hilarious. It's a, it's a really bad movie. Yeah. The best part of that movie is so the, the one gypsy goes up to the one guy and goes, Thinner, right? Yeah. But apparently the other guy gets like really bad, uh, like, uh, scaly skin and like it gets all dried out. Apparently, he went up to him. They don't show this, but the guy says, and he came up to me and he said, "Lizard, <laughs> <laughs> lizard, you'll be a lizard now. Werewolf, <laughs> you will be a rock." <laughs> and that's how the uh, thing started. <laughs> yes. Stretchy skin, the, the human torch. <laughs> All of these like comic lines are like cha- like rechanging origin stories and start like DC did the big start over. Yeah. If they start over the Fantastic Four and it's just like the four of them go on vacation to Transylvania, <laughs> some fucking gypsy camp curse, invisible. I feel like every Marvel character should get it. Spider. <laughs> <laughs> Green space alien. You are now a Galactus. Nemo. (laughs) What? Nemo. What? You'll see. (laughs) He's a a kind of a popular character sometimes. Surf, surfer, come here. (laughs) Silver. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, I'd like that to happen. Uh, The best part of this movie is... Well, not the best part, but one of the most entertaining parts is Everett McGill is credited twice in this movie. Up at the top, it's Everett McGill as Reverend Whatever. Then the last credit at the bottom is Everett McGill Werewolf. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess he was wearing the suit the whole time? I guess that's what that means, which is good for him. I feel like in those situations, like it might be the actor's choice, but a lot of the time it's just like, we don't want to hire a stuntman to be wearing this whole thing the whole time. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Totally. Like, it's a budgetary concern. Like, you're on set, man. Get in that damn werewolf costume. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would anybody recommend this movie? 
I would say, yeah, it's a pretty strong one. It's a bad movie. It it moves along in a decent clip. There's a lot of silliness. You got Gary Busey. Just for the pissing on the Indians song alone. Pissing on the Yankees. <laughs> pissing on the Indians. Pissing on the Phillies. <laughs> I would recommend it to, um, I'm not saying run out and see it, but, you know, if you got some time, why not? I mean, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's enjoyable for what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, it has its faults, but it has its moments. I mean, I, I would totally recommend it to you. It's a pretty big recommend for me. I'm a big fan, uh, or I guess not a fan, a, a curio of Stephen King adaptations. A curio. Ah, <laughs> adaptation. Piss on the Yankees. Piss on the Phillies. Piss on the Indians. Piss on the Phillies. That might be the oh. greatest movie line of all time. Like, what was it? AFI needs to redo their fucking list. They really do. To include <laughs> they need to redo all lists. Gary yes. Busey's piss on the Yankees. Piss on the Indians. Number piss one. on the Phillies line. Number one. There's yeah. Th- Fuck you, Rosebud. Yeah. Number one with a bullet. Fuck you, you talking to me. Yeah. And frankly, my my dear, you haven't watched Silver Bullet. <laughs> yeah. Is what I'm no, saying. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. I made him an offer. He pissed on the Phillies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mercy me. So, you know what, gang? We're getting, it's about that time. Mm. Summer vacations winding down. Oh, no. Are you seeing those back to school commercials, which still to this day fill me with a little bit of anxiety? Just the littlest bit. I start sweating just a little more. Mm, I'm like, oh, fuck, who am I going to get this year? And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, I'm 33 years old. Oh, fuck, 40% off at Staples for school supplies. Mm. Kill me now, Lord. Take me and this five-subject notebook now. (laughs) 